buenos dias, and welcome to Azeroth Coast to Coast, the greatest hive of scum and villainy that you've ever seen. I, Gavril, am just in town for some power converters, but these are my faithful droids, Mr. Kevin. Jin Dobre. And Mr. Chris. Buonasera. Last week, we went a little crazy talking about a year of Legion and various tinfoil hattery. But this week, you know, we're going to be talking about the light, the void, and some 7.3 stuff that we kind of found a little bit interesting. Um, and with that, I'm going to remind you that whenever you're in trouble, won't you stand by me? Oh, darling, stand by me. How are we doing, boys? Good. I'm very good. Kevin just sounds so enthralled and just <laughs> ready for this to end. Yep. I'm just a little tired, guys. It's early. I understand for that. I understand for that. Um, so, Mr. Chris, what was your week in WoW and video games like, buddy? Um, with WoW, we're just prepping up, getting ready for Antorus, really. Um, just barreling through some more raids, gearing people up. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like the, the low prep between tiers now. Okay, um, so we're at that point where we're just kind of waiting and seeing how everything's going to go, right? Don't get me wrong, we're still doing mythic dungeons on our regular because they're just really fun. Um, but yeah, we're in that point where it's like, okay, we're pretty much done with the raid. Let's just let, let us let us get to the next one. Yeah, we're just basically waiting for that point where it's like, oh, well, everything's ready to go now. We're ready to go in. Pretty much, yeah. Awesome. What else has been going on, buddy? Uh, Guild Wars Two launched a new expansion. So I don't I've care. Been, I know. I've been playing that though. It's fun, although I've been having some problems with our instance servers. So story missions aren't a hundred percent working, which is kind of annoying. But it's fun. They did a lot of revamps to some of the classes at higher levels. So okay, so you know, it's kind of a, a, a not quite a complete systems overhaul, but uh, a deep system overhaul. Yeah, it's, it's essentially each of the classes now have a subclass when they hit level eighty. Okay, so kind of like a... Um... So you're the basic class until you hit the higher level, and then you go down into the subclass, like the rogue, suddenly as a gunslinger. It's very cool. Okie dokie. So what else is going on, buddy? What else is going on? Uh, Heroes of the Storm. Killing all the things with the tracer. Just murdering everyone. I, I don't care because I hate tracer, so... I know you do, but I love tracer. Tracer's my bae. I love her. I kill all the things with the tracer. Mm-hmm. Um, and more Dungeons and Dragons. One of our sessions has crazy floating eyeballs. The other one it was a Yeti genocide, so it was fun. So you committed the Yeti genocide, okay. Yes, we committed Yeti genocide. All if right, that's then. fun for you. <laughs> it's like, okay, you you left orphans behind. Unless you were, like, really thorough. You left Yeti orphans behind. <clears throat> we're very thorough. Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh, that's... One of the campaigns is very story-driven, the other one is just a bunch of murder hobos, okay? <laughs> murder hobos. Murder homos? Murder hobos. Murder hobos. Hobos or homos? Hobos. <laughs> oh, this show's already okay. off the rails, and it's only three minutes and 30 seconds into recording. <clears throat> oh, it's murder Hobos. They are okay. traveling itinerant individuals with no ties to the area, just killing shit for no reason. Yep. Okay. It's your average dungeon slash dungeon crawl at that point. Yep. So it's like Diablo, but D&D. 
We scanned yes, them but with even less reason to be there. We scanned them and sewed all of their pelts into cloaks uh, for us. Oh, so you're doing chaotic stupid campaign. Okay, you're doing a chaotic stupid campaign. All right. It was fun. Yeah, chaotic stupid. Um, Kevin, how was your week, buddy? It was pretty good. I did some world quests in Argus with our friend Nikolai. Nikolai actually joined for two nights of raiding this week, which was fun as well. Poor bastard. Mm. Yep. And I played some Overwatch, which someone made me install last week, and I actually played a few games. I don't know. Not. not, uh, I mean, I don't like Overwatch that much. I I was. I think I've mentioned it before, but I have like twenty five hundred hours into Team Fortress Two and Counter Strike. So you should be pretty good at Overwatch then. I'm okay, but I, A, I'm getting older, and my reaction times are not 16-year-old on Monster anymore, so. Yeah, it's 50-year-old I don't think we had Monster back then. Uh, at 15? Yeah, we I think we Surge. did. We had Surge. No, we had Monster, I think, at 15. <laughs> that was, that was I 2002. Know. I don't know when Monster came out, but I, I think we had Monster back then. Actually, no, it was, wait, it was after that. It was 2002. Wait, I was no, gonna say was I would have been twelve in two thousand two. Yeah, no, that would have been two thousand ish. I would have been ten. I think we might have had Monster or um, Red Bull, at least Red. I Bull. know Red Bull existed. Yeah, uh, I know Balls Energy Drink existed. Balls, yeah. Jolt Cola existed, <laughs> and God help me, I drank so many six packs of Jolt Cola playing StarCraft and Counter Strike. Did you know there's that- an energy drink called Pissy? Not surprising. I'm not even kidding. Oh, oh, <laughs> don't oh, just do Google. You wanna, seriously, oh, don't you just Google hear. search nope. pussy. Google search gonna, pussy. We are going to go ahead and go to our next person. It's gonna <laughs> no, 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 no. So, you, the hey best guys, energy drink. I have the been doing a drink. lot of druid and hand buff paladin in Hearthstone. <laughs> stop, I'm just going to keep stop. talking. I need, no, I'm I need to say this. The best, just, the best energy drink was what I found in Poland. It was called Black Energy, and the spokesperson was Mike Tyson. God damn it. God, I'm not even fucking it, joking. Kevin. I brought a can back with me. God. It fucking was fucking hilarious. Damn it, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, fun. oh, this is where Mike Tyson went. He went to Poland to, to rep Black Energy. Uh, and, you know, Mike Tyson murder and uh, Mike Tyson mysteries on Adult Swim. Which I don't was fantastic. Know just I don't know how to respond to that. I'm just kind of like trying to throw something out there in the hopes that, you know, I get him to shut up about it. We can continue on with the show. All right. What, like, what have you been doing, Gavril? Considering you're the one who always bitches and moans because the show's going long. Segments go long. Uh, <coughs> God, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Druids and Handbuff Paladin. I'm playing a lot of Jade and Handbuff Paladin on the ladder on Hearthstone. I've been jading to climb and Handbuff for fun because Handbuff is hilarious as hell. Uh, I've been playing WoW. I'm not entirely where I want to be in relation to my artifact level, but I really don't want to go grind ap so it's kind of a six and one half dozen of the other kind of situation for me there um and i've been playing a little bit more warframe but right now i'm really just kind of patiently waiting for the planes of idol on patch to come out so waiting there i think that about covers that anybody else got anything they want to talk about for their week nope all right so we're gonna go ahead and go straight into listener feedback gentlemen uh, Kevin, I think we've got an LB corner this week. What do we got? LB corner. Um, really nothing from LB. He keeps 
talking to me and he's, you know, he's got these long, you know, verbose things to say, and then he never just gets anything out. So he said he would get back to me about it and hasn't. So unfortunately, LB's corner is Aaron this week. So then what the hell is there sitting? Oh, was, there we go. Yep. Okay. I was very confused for a second. I put that in the wrong section. My bad. <laughs> uh, for anybody who's very confused, they put the the other listener feedback we were going to be talking about in LB's section in my show notes. So I was very confused for a second there. That's why I went to LB's corner. Sorry. Um, Daddy. So, so let's talk about Gmail. I believe that's going to be a lazy AI uh, portion from that first email he sent us, right? Yes. So we've got another, we've got four, three questions from the first, uh, from the first um, email. He says another one, but we're going to ask, answer them, you know, one question, possibly two at a time. I really like the one, he, the first one he gave us was, Queen Ashara is, uh, is presented as being uh, on one side only, her own. She is not a servant for the old gods, but sometimes she does things on their behalf. Well, that's kind of accurate. Yeah, I, I'd, yeah. I'd give that like a 90% accuracy. Yeah, no, I agree. She's um, definitely uh, one of those people that's very much, I'm the In only thing that's important thing. Yep. Um, but... The reason it's like that that goes back to why she helped open up the portal, uh, the the rift during the War of the Ancients, you know, is because she was trying to pull Sargeras in because she wanted Sargeras's power. She wanted to she, you know, didn't specifically want to serve by Sargeras, serve under Sargeras. But, you know, if that was what was going to get her the power, that's what she was going to do. Yeah. Um, And we've gotten implications that she cut an old deal. Uh, she cut a deal with the old gods, pre- presumably Nazoth. Yeah, because uh, as far as we know, it's her people as after far, the Sundering. As far as we know, it was him that turned her into her and her people into Naga. So, yeah. So the thing is, it's like we we don't know exactly all of Ajara's what what is driving her, what's behind her, if there's anything behind her. We don't know everything about it. No. Um, it's really interesting, and it's definitely something that. We're going to get more exploration out of as time goes on. And so I'm really interested to see how that goes. Um, if this next expansion turns out the way we have been talking about it, uh, we're definitely going to see Ajara. We're definitely going to end up seeing Ajara, especially if um, uh, like the potential one of the possibilities is that, you know, Nazoth actually wasn't directly under uh, the Silver Pine Glades, because we know that we know that Nazoth was not under the Silver Pine Forest because uh, that was the um, that was the Thraxi mm-hmm. that chased Tyr. Yep. And uh, his Vrykul followers, as you find out during the Paladin storyline. And I believe Chronicle like, Volume One, Chronicle Volume One, the Paladin uh, Order Hall campaign, priest, I think the, the Warrior priest Order one. Hall campaign, the Priest Order Hall campaign. Uh, so you find out about that. Uh, which does answer a very long-standing question: What was the whole deal with Silver Pine Forest? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, lazy. I also sent us a tweet as well. Okay, we'll take a look at that in just a second. Um, but what? So basically, what I what I'm saying is that we don't know exactly what's going on there. So the possibility is that Nazoth could be under Kul'tiris. 
Mm-hmm. And you know how we were talking about Kulturus broke off during the Cataclysm? Mm-hmm. He could just be floating around out there. Mm. So that's that's a realistic possibility because Kulturus is kind of close enough to match that old pentagram map. Yeah, but that, that showed the locations of the old gods. That old pentagram map was kind of wrong. Not really. Because Pandaria was the southernmost location. Cthun was the southwesternmost location. Um, uh, there was an unknown location, like, somewhere off to the east, like, Booty Bay-ish kind of thing. Okay, but... Uh, Silver Pine Forest up in the northeast, and the, um... Thingamajig, the other, the, the deal. You know what but I'm talking your, about. But your Sage was pulled out from the center of the continent. He wasn't, he, he wasn't actually in the south of the continent. Which is why the Will of Eternity and the Maelstrom is in, was as in the center between Kalimdor and Eastern Kingdoms. He was pulled out from the center. There was no, there was no old god down there. Yes, but it's not in relation to how it is now. It's in relation. It's not in relation to how it was. It's in relation to how it is now. And I don't care if you've lost the plot. Um, what have you? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Queen Ajara. Yeah, we're still talking about Ajara and the old gods. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But long story short, I I think that she is more connected to the old gods than we think, than, than she lets on. I'm pretty certain she's more connected to them than she lets on. I would agree with that. Um, but definitely she's in it to win it for herself. Okay. Um, so what's this? We have a tweet. Yeah, so he asks, So Velen, uh, what are the odds of him surviving Argus, considering the amount of retcons the devs have done? I don't think we've really seen any retcons out of him. I mean, adding his son is not a retcon. We know he left his family behind on Argus. He's mentioned that before. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really a retcon. It was just expanding his storyline. I don't think I've seen any retcons out of him. Chris, have you seen anything? The only thing that you could maybe very slightly consider a retcon is just his change in attitude. But that's character development more than anything. I would see it. Uh, Yeah, I mean... uh, Lazy, if you have anything specific to, you know, point out as a retcon specifically, feel free to tweet it at us. Um, I'd love to hear it because it's like, I, I don't think I've seen any actual retcons out of Velen's storyline at this point. Um, I'm 90% certain Velen's going to survive Argus. I'm 90% pretty confident, certain. yeah. Cause because, A, because there's no one else to lead the, the Space Goats, yeah. There's, there's literally they have, they have. That's the problem with the space ghosts is that they have zero character development in the mainline universe. And you have Urel and everything in the AU, the alternate universe. Yep. But in the mainline universe, there is literally no one except maybe possibly Artifice or Ramul. I was thinking Ramul, yeah. Um, Ramul is maybe like the only one, like Marad before Marad died. Spoilers, like two and a half year old spoilers, guys. Um. Marad before he died, basically, I think would be would have been like the next best choice. But Marad no longer exists because he's dead. The other reason that I don't think he's going to die is because of the Andwin comic. Andwin's a 40 year old man and we see Valen standing next to him. But, you know, that could be 
that could be something that you know is retconned and changed that yeah that could be but <clears throat> i hope not because that comic was really good <laughs> it was it was um all right so before we move into our news this week we do have one other little bit that we'd like to talk about um so as we all know blizzcon is what 40 days away 40 days 40 days we have 40 days to blizzcon fun fact we are actually going to be taking part in some of the events going on before blizzcon uh in fact uh the show is going to be part of the calm before the storm uh which is a yearly event that takes place just before blizzcon itself uh it includes podcasters and content creators across the entire spectrum of the blizzard universe Mm -hmm. uh some of your favorite shows and some of your favorite podcasters some of our favorite podcasters are going to be involved in content creators going to be involved in this chris i I know you know a little bit more about this whole thing and what's going to be going on with it so you want to talk a little bit about it Uh, yes so come before the storm uh they well past their kickstarter goal they've got uh, two halls this year, uh, sorry, three halls this year. They've got the second floor and the fourth floor of the Anaheim Hilton. Uh, you've got uh, multi, uh, I think there's two or three additional panels that they're going to be talking about, uh, that they're going to be having this year. Uh, you've got the normal Warcraft panel, Heroes panel, Overwatch panel, Hearthstone, uh, all the main game panels. You've got a podcaster panel that'll take place off in a different area. Every, all of this will be live streamed with the exception of the podcaster panel because they can't live stream when stuff's happening at the same time. Um, and you've got a Saturday show as well that will be live streamed again that's taking place in the uh, Hilton Hotel. This, this The Saturday show will be at the AIE Guild in the, uh, in the Hilton Hotel. Uh, so you all of the live stream will be taking place on the Con Before Storm Twitch channel. So take out the in Con Before the Storm and you can find it. You can find all the information on Con Before the uh, Con Before Storm website. So it's conbeforestorm.com. Again, take out the the. Um, as for our involvement, we'll be t- uh, I will be there representing Azeroth Coast to Coast on the Saturday show, which is called The Storm. Um, so... Again, that'll be at the AIE Guild Hall in the Hilton. Time hasn't been exact yet, but once we get closer to the event, uh, we'll uh, give you more info. And there'll be a meet and greet with people like uh, Anna Parsa Robinson, uh, Gillyweed. Uh, I know Jesse Cox is going to be there this year. Uh, and we've got a lot of great stuff that's going to be given away uh, during intermissions between the podcasts. So if you do have, and I know that the instance is going to be having a live show there. Uh, uh, during the uh, backers pre-show so if you are a backer and did get your backer wristband you get to watch a live recording of the instance awesome 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 um i just want to say you know uh from us here at azeroth coast to coast if i actually face the mic that'd be a lot more useful um i'd like to say from us here at uh azeroth coast to coast i just want to say that we are super excited and incredibly incredibly just humbled and privileged to be involved in the calm before the storm organization and just you know being there with all of the fans and all the people involved in creating the amazing content that comes out every single day uh, across the whole spectrum of podcasts and YouTube channels and everything else that's associated with uh, Blizzard Gaming. So I just want to say that we are super thrilled to be involved and we cannot wait. I, of course, will not be in attendance this year, uh, but Mr. Kevin and Mr. Chris will both be 
at BlizzCon. And as uh, Chris has already mentioned, that he is going to be involved in the Storm panel that's going to be taking place on Saturday. Um, we'll definitely be getting some more information out about that Um a little bit closer, just sort of as a reminder. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we really can't wait to be involved in it. Kevin, uh, you excited to be there this year and, uh, to see Chris, uh, be involved with the storm panel? I definitely am. Um, I helped to set up, well, both Chris and I helped last year to kind of set things up and get the, uh, show ready. So looking to do that again this year and actually to be involved. So that's, that's great. Yeah, we were runners during the art giveaway. That was uh, <laughs> that was the most exercise I have done giveaway. that entire weekend. <laughs> Running back and forth from really the green hope they room have a better to pattern they're doing all, okay. So the better. art giveaway this year, they're doing all online. Uh, there's over 250 art clips that they're giving away this year. Um, the majority of them are going to be online. There'll be a few that'll be at the actual convention hall for to be given away during the giveaways on the intermissions. Uh, but if you are interested in the art, it's all going to be online and available on the Con Before the Storm website. Awesome. Thank God. <clears throat> awesome. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited for these guys. I am definitely going to make at least one of them have Discord running at some point, and I'm going to try to make sure that, you know, I can uh, get a little bit of piece of what's going to be happening uh, besides, you know, like live ticket and things like that. So uh can't wait. Um, just once again, Con Before the Storm, uh, and the website is www.conbeforestorm.com. Uh, they're on Twitter. They're all over the place. Uh, they're on Twitch. So we really can't wait to see how it's going to go, and uh, we can't wait to be involved. Ooh. All right. I think that's going to cover our uh, shilling for the week. Uh, so <laughs> let's go ahead and jump over into the news. Sorry, Con Before the Storm, guys. I have to, I have to be a negative Nancy about everything. Don't worry. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump over into the news this week. Mr. Kevin, did you want to talk about World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft has 7.3.2 now on the PTR. Some uh, notable changes here. We have a Primal Sargerite vendor to help you get some Argus uh, crafting mats. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people will like that. Um, so you can trade your Primal Sargerite in for crafting mats. You know, you can get the cloth, the um the herbs the stuff that you get for mining all that shit now when this went when when mmo champion posted this information the first thing i did was link the picture into our our our, our group chat and go like holy shit oh my god because this is Why? what we've been waiting for to get rid of all of the shit and the first thing i said was my alchemist has no use for this sargorite shit thank god <laughs> Yep, so that's one of the main things that's coming. Uh, the second thing that you can do is upgrade your legendaries to eye level 1,000. Good God almighty. Can we just, can we just like, reset everything and go back to, like, eye level 55? Uh, I think 1,000. We days. should just, just switch everything, like, cut it in half, and then it's eye level 100. Well, well they've said that they're going to be doing a stat oh, okay, itemization okay, so squish in 8.0, and it's going to be a complete system redesign for secondary and primary stats this time, rather okay, than just so, a squish. Chris, can we just hold on for one second? Now, Kevin, did you just say cut it in half, and that'll bring it down to 100? <laughs> did he say um, that? <laughs> Alright, cut it to... Cut it by um, whatever. 
<laughs> you are the most adorable little deer in headlights I've ever seen. Just, just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> cut it to I'm 500 sorry, if you cut it in half. Oh, I'm you sorry. I'm trying to think, what would, it, what would it be if you took off the zero? <laughs> that would be 10%. dividing by 10. <laughs> it's okay, Kevin. We still love you. Understand that. We would not give you as much hell as we do if we didn't love you. Um, so what I'm else is going on in the 7.3.2? Anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> no, please, you cannot cut that out in post. That is amazing. All right. Keep going. What else are we going to be talking about? What else is going on in 7.3.2 on the PTR? Oh, my God. Um, doesn't seem to be any real new systems or class changes, but we are getting some new story points unlocked in 7.3, including some new voiceovers. So we can further along the story, I'm assuming, of Argus. Is that it correct? kind of yeah. is the wrap-up after the raid. Yeah, so essentially you complete a we, No, no don't say a fucking word. Do not say a fucking word. All I'm going to say is you complete the Burning Throne and all of this stuff will happen. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying what's happening. Okay. I'm the one that cares about spoilers. Why would I spoil people? I'm just saying. Okay, so if you want to spoil fucking everything, just head on over to MMO Champion. They have a roundup post from 7.3.2. I think it's at the very bottom of the page at this point. Uh, uh, on yeah, the front page. Yeah. But uh, they do have a roundup. Uh, holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, just... That's all I'm going to say. Good freaking lord. Seriously. It's... Yeah. Whew. <laughs> um, and it does, it I does actually... I have myself. Uh, 7.3.2 also update. I don't know if that updated, if that's a PTR update or that's live, PTR. but Antorus Burning Throat, the Argus, the Unmaker fight has been updated. So that's PTR. That's on the PTR. So that's been updated in the Adventure Journal. So you, it actually has the fight information within it. So and finally, there was uh, some non 7.3.2 Warcraft news that, ca- that came out this week. Uh, a three-part audio book was released on YouTube, and I'm assuming... Do we have a podcast version iTunes, this time around, too? and it's on Stitcher. They were the same last time. It's on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, okay. it's on Google Play, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's very good. Excellent. I've, read the, I've listened to the first one. A Thousand Years of War. It's three parts. Uh, it's about, what, 45 minutes to an hour for each part? It's something like that. And we have a link to it in the yeah. show notes. Um, you can get to a YouTube playlist that has all three parts. Uh, first part is 36 minutes. The second part is 44 minutes. And the final part is 44 minutes. I'm kind of glad they released so. it all in once this time. Because last yeah. time when it was the Gul'dan, uh, Gul'dan Khadgar story arc, Argeris, it yeah. was over four days they released it one at a time. It's the same. It's the same actor, voice actor, isn't and it? And you were just foaming at the mouth each day, weren't you? I, I woke up because obviously it got released uh, Pacific time. I was asleep, so I woke up, opened up my pod, opened up my podcast app, just started playing it while I got ready for work in the morning. Nice. Um, and this is what? Is, what does this one highlight, Chris? Uh, Illyria and Teralion, uh, our favorite missing couple. Uh, highlights missing for a decade. Missing for well, it was twenty three years, wasn't it? In game, it was it, it, in game. It was twenty three years. They've been missing for twenty three years. Uh-huh. So that actually confirms exactly the point at which the second dark portal and uh, Draenor was created. Mm-hmm. Uh, Outland was created. Created. 
And and we'll definitely get more into a lead into that into this week's main topic. A hundred percent. So there's not a whole lot of news coming out of Diablo and Hearthstone. Hearthstone, of course, is having still trying to figure out the Jade Druid issue. Uh, Diablo 3, they are, of course, still, it looks like they've done the final iteration on, uh, what is it, uh, patch 6.1.3, 2.6.1, something like that. I don't remember what the patch number is. Uh, but they, it looks like they've gotten the final, like, systems iteration done on that. So we will be seeing some live and release candidates coming out soon for the PTR. So that's gonna be really interesting, uh, to see how the season 12 patch changes things up. Boop. Um, and Mr. Chris, did you want to talk about Heroes of the Storm? Since I know because it's a goddamn support, you do. Yeah, kinda. So, Anna, our second Overwatch support, and I think our second support of this year, second support of 2017, uh, is Gold. No, there was a. Yeah, no. No, What's third, third, third support of 2017, because we have Lucio yeah. and uh, Stukov. Uh, Anna is, mm-hmm. is live on the PTR, available for testing, and her Hero Spotlight is up for people to watch. She, I'm very impressed with how they've actually made her feel like an actual sniper and still be a supporter. I'm kind of impressed with it. So maybe uh, our friend Nikolai will actually play a support hero since he's possibly because he's he's a Nova main who loves snipers. So Anna might be his perfect cup of tea. Uh, her abilities very much match uh, Overwatch as the rest of the Overwatch cast do. Uh, you've got her auto attack, which does the uh, poison dart, you've got her Q, which is the healing dart, her sleep, you've got her AoE uh, heal. Uh, I don't, does it actually do the healing reduction as well? I think it does. Um, mm-hmm. You've got her normal standard alt, which is a spell power and cast, spell power increased and cast time reduction. Uh, so, cooldown reduction. So, f- uh, for someone like uh, Lei Meng, this is going to turn you into a monster. If it gets cast on you. And her other ult is a long range snipe. Like a full on across the map long range snipe. It's pretty cool. What I was seeing, it's more like it opens up the entire map for her vision and she gets unlimited range. Yep. Yeah, so she gets she can do all of her normal abilities, but she has vision over the whole map and can shoot through terrain. It's kinda badass. I'm very excited to try Anna out. I haven't went on the PTR. I'm going to wait till she goes live, but I'm very excited to try her out. For once. Yes, this is actually... For once, you're going to wait until it goes live. This is the first one since... Oh, Artanis, I think, that I uh, haven't been on the PTR. There you go. Um, in other news coming in this week, uh, Overwatch, the Overwatch League start date has been confirmed, uh, and we do have some teams that have been completely announced. We do have the teams from Houston, Dallas, and Philadelphia having been, uh, like the, the, uh, the franchises have been locked down. Yes. The players are actually going to be really interesting. I, I, I'm very happy. It's like, actually, Kevin and I are both going to be very happy because Houston's my hometown and Philly is his. You guys have Overwatch teams to support. Yay! It just depends on what organization owns the teams. That's it owns the franchise because if it's one of those team, one of those esports organizations, I don't like. I don't know how I'm going to find you know happiness in supporting them. Understandable, understandable. I, Kevin, I, I, I just hope that happy. my hometown team is not a bunch of 
nerds. Uh, they play Overwatch. They play video games professionally. professionally. <laughs> Kevin, yeah, you're a nerd. Be cool. I know. <laughs> I I am the word no, I, nerd. I guess my question is going to be like, are these people actually going to be from Philly or not? No, no, it would be, it, be like football. It, you've got like you've got players from all over the world and a team based in Scotland. It's that's just how it works. And of course, I mean, there's got to be one token guy from Philly who's got a cheesesteak. Just got a cheesesteak. That's all he does is that he carries a <laughs> yes. cheesesteak around. Like he's the manager and he just carries a cheesesteak. <laughs> exactly. He has no clue what he's doing. He's just there because of the cheesecake. He's just kind of there. He's just like, hey, you want hey, a cheesesteak with some whiz? And that's all he does. Yo, how y'all doing? One Yo, you steak. want some whiz on your cheesesteak, buddy? Hey, you guys. <laughs> wit or without? Without? Right. You want wit or without? <laughs> All right, so we're also seeing, uh, and Houston is just like a, a cowboy with a giant ten gallon hat on. There you that, go. That's all it is. Actually, no, that's more Dallas. How are Houston they going to get their like, headsets on? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and Houston, huh. that's more Dallas. Houston is going to be some guy, uh, just like getting blown over by a hurricane. Um, wow. <laughs> January. So we didn't even mention the date. January tenth is supposedly when it starts. I believe so. You all didn't actually put that in the show notes for me, so I don't know. Kevin usually moans at me when I put links, so I didn't put links. Kevin, when is the date? Uh, it is January 10th. Okay, so the Overwatch League will go live and begin uh, January 10th, so that's really exciting. We've got uh, just about four months before that happens, three months and a half before that happens. So, so. Chris, it says the team in Dallas is operated by esports group Team Envy. Mm-hmm. And Houston is Optic. Oh, O P T I C Gaming. What about Philly? Optic. It's Optic Gaming. Um, it's owned by the same group that owns the Philadelphia Flyers. Hockey. And Why I do believe I care? it's Naventic. But Naventic? I'm not. I'm not hundred percent sure. Invictus. No, I think it's Naventic. I don't know. Vince is going to yell at me again because I didn't remember the team. Yes, he will. Let's move on. Uh, so the other thing that we have got is that Junkertown is live. The heroes changes we talked about are live. Mercy has gotten a almost complete rework. Lord she have is mercy. really fun. <clears throat> what was that? Lord have mercy. Yeah. Lord have mercy on me was the kneeling drunkards plea. That's the song. Um, so mercy changes are live. Diva changes are live. Um, and I, I was actually watching a video. I was actually watching Riker's, uh, weekly roundup, uh, for Overwatch and Diablo 3. And he was, he mentioned something funny and he said that, you know, the diva changes that they've done in the past were all oriented on making diva less DPS-y and more tanky. But this, these changes she's getting right now make her more DPS-y and less tanky. So it's kind of funny. They, they 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 haven't quite figured out exactly what they want to do with Diva. It's just completely hilarious. Uh, but like I said, Junkertown and the heroes changes that have been discussed in the past are currently live. Uh, so those of you Mercy mains looking for a six person mass res, I'm sorry you no longer can. I'm glad because as a Mercy main, I really like the new changes. She turns really stupid strong with her all with with her with her new all up. It's so much fun. Um, and in StarCraft news, a new patch is uh, bringing out a announcer from a very old friend of the StarCraft community, 
Somebody we all know at this point, Day9, has gotten his announcer pack, and we're also getting ready for some new co-op missions and some other interesting stuff on the co-op side. Um, it seems like the co-op commanders mode has done really quite well for them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's given them a revenue stream uh, for a game that traditionally would not have had an additional revenue stream. Uh, the, I, To be totally honest, I play StarCraft for the, for, the, um, for the co-op missions now. I don't play it for the story missions anymore or any competitive or anything like that. The co-op missions are too fun. So uh, it's ama- it's it's great that they've gotten a revenue stream on it, and that will help continue keeping StarCraft II alive for a time for for the foreseeable future. And uh, I know people are pissed off because a lot of people are like, "Oh, StarCraft II sucked; it wasn't good." And it's like I I agree with that kind of. The storyline wasn't amazing. Um, I don't like them switching voice actors up on me and things like that. I mean, for the ones that are dead, I understand. I don't like Holy, That's okay. I don't like Holy Kerrigan. I, I don't like. I do not like. Uh, Trisha Helfer as Kerrigan. I really don't. I I I, I grew up listening to Glennis Tolkien. I, I I spent all those years listening to Glennis Tolkien as the rogue in Diablo. As um, <clears throat> just so congested today. I'm sorry. The rogue in Diablo and Kerrigan in Starcraft. And she did characters in pretty much every Blizzard game. She was Sylvanas for God's sake in Warcraft Three. Um, I just I I I can't listen to anybody else but Glennis Tolkien. But overall, I liked StarCraft 2 for the most part. So I'm just glad that we're going to keep seeing more StarCraft 2 content. Cool. So who La- wants to talk about the big news? Well, let me do it. Lastly, um, the Battle Lynch... The- guys, guys, Bro? hold on to your seats. Hold on, hold on to your britches, ladies and gentlemen. The Battle.net Launcher now has emojis. You mean I rejoice? I couldn't hear a damn thing you said. What do you mean you couldn't yeah, hear a damn thing I said? It cut out. Well, you on Discord, out. it cut out. It has emojis. Rejoice. <laughs> oh my god, we can recreate emojis. the emoji movie in Battle.net chat. Wow. What it should have is the emojis from Heroes of the Storm. As a positive thing, though, a pure offline is coming. They have confirmed that. They it have is been coming. saying that for how many years? Yeah, but they, that, they said that it wasn't coming. For event, they said that they had stopped working on it and it wasn't coming. They have now said, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. And they've given us like a full section on it. It's definitely coming now. So we're getting it now. So yay. Um, the, the only feature that I want is the ability to like have something blink at me like ICQ when I get a new message so I can click on it without wait, having wait, to wait. unhide offline friends and find them to clear my new message notification did you did you just seriously name drop icq oh yeah i did oh my god that that brings me back that's for the old schools in here i had a six digit uh icq id Mm, i think i had a five digit fuck you some hardcore all right i hate you both main topic main topic time Main topic, boys. This week... Okay, quit moving shit. Please quit moving shit inside of the show notes. I'd like to keep my place here. Uh, this week, we are talking about... Primarily, it's going to be mostly related to the light and the void. Just kind of some stuff uh, intertwining in there. Along with a little bit of stuff relating to how the light and the void relates to 7.3. So, how it relates to 7.3. So, uh, I, I think Chris and I are both going to really enjoy this topic. And Kevin has been asking about 7.3 stuff for a while. We didn't want to go too deep into 7.3 yet, just because we were kind of worried about spoiler territory. So, 
Uh, so, Kevin, Chris, Hi. what are we going to start with? Well, for, first of all, we're not going to get into any spoilers about the 1,000-year war Because none uh, of us have listened to it yet. Because <laughs> none of us actually listened to, listen to it. And maybe, and I think that should be everyone's homework for next show. We should definitely listen to that and give our feedback and thoughts. It was only dropped a day or two ago, so I can imagine people didn't ha- have time to listen. I'm going to listen to it tonight. Cool. Okay. I don't know. I mean, my main first question about the light in the void is someone fucking explain the light in the void to me. <laughs> okay. What is this? Okay. Chris, what's, which, which, which half do you want to talk uh, about? I would like the light. Okay. Um, so the light comes first, so you can okay. go ahead and talk about that. So in the beginning, there was the light. That's literally how Chronicle 1 starts. In the beginning, there was the light. Uh, and I just dropped my copy of Chronicle. I desk, heard so that. Um, I really should be grabbing mine just to double check. I'm not being an idiot here. Um, but in the beginning, there was the light. It flew through just essentially a black emptiness and tried to touch every part of it and fill that those parts with light. The places that the light couldn't reach, the void showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the void is the counterpart to the light. They, it, they're intrinsically linked. They are two sides of the same coin. Where there is light, there is void. Where there is void, there is light. There's there's no way to not have either. So I guess the like, why isn't it just light and darkness? Why like where's darkness? Because void sounds cooler. Darkness is part of the void. Okay, fine. <laughs> void darkness, sounds way better. The void and darkness and shadow—they're all kind of intertwined. Okay, is there a god that created the light? No, no. no. The light simply is. Yeah. Okay, so there's no god or any of that. Uh, well, there's gods, but tec- it's not like okay, so a one all being. Technically, back in technically back in like Warcraft one, there was a god, but it was introduced via the light. The light was god. Hmm. And they kind of retcon that to oh, yeah. have the whole the religion of the holy light be just focused on the light itself. There was no there was little little to no mention of gods and things like that. Uh, the only sort of light driven god that we know of these days is basically a loon. Yes, which we don't actually hmm. even technically know what she is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so, I think that's mm-hmm. that. I think that's good for the history because there's really not much more than that. I think. Oh, there's, oh, so, there's much so much more, more than that. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to go through all of Chronicles. We're not it's, going through all of Chronicle. You know, we're maybe going through maybe the first page. It's <laughs> basically, we're just going to talk about, well, I'd like to just mention the, the creations. Yeah. You know, you've got the Naru are beings of pure light, and you have the old, uh, the Void Lords, which are beings of pure void. They clash constantly across the cosmos. Basically, that's about it. Yep. Okay. So getting into how this relates to Legion and specifically Argus, I'm wondering, like, okay, obviously there was a cut screen, right? We're talking about that. We're talking about the cutscene. Chris, you're we're talking okay. about we're talking and about all so, the cutscenes. Hold on. If you haven't completed seven point three or even any of Argus at this point, this is a spoiler. Yeah, you you pretty much should just turn off the podcast right now. And like listen uh, to it. After don't you turn do off the that. podcast. Just fast forward to like the last ten minutes of the show. Yeah, yeah. Once you do, once you have done it, come back and listen to us. But until then, if you yeah. don't want to be spoiled, stop. Stop from right now, and come back later. 
Exactly. Okay. So go so, ahead. So, all right. So there's a lot of stuff that's brought in in our in like the cut screens in Argus that um, relate back to the light and the void and. Um, you know, some prophecies of Illidan and how he's going to be like the chosen one and all this nonsense. Like, I don't understand where the hell this all came from. Um, or this big Naru called, uh, Zira fucking wind chime. Fucking wind chime. Yeah. The wind chime queen bitch of the wind chimes. Yeah. (sighs) I hate that. I hate that. So is she like the rogue wind chime? I don't understand. She is the queen bitch of the wind chime. She is the first wind chime. She is the prime Naru, the full on boss lady. She is the first Naru that came into existence, essentially. Yep. Is the implication that we're given. Okay. And from so, her, all other Naru descend. Mm-hmm. And they, like, put her heart back in her. They, like, put her battery back in. And then she turned on. So, the quick and dirty version is that uh, the Army of the Light was losing. In desperation, Zara, Terralian, and Illyria form a... Get a plan. They pull Zara's heart out of her and throw it to Azeroth, containing a message and the essence of Zara herself. That is where we get the Heart of Light quest lines leading into the Illidan quest line uh, back in the beginning of Legion. Yep. Huh. And then we, when we find the Army of the Light on Argus, we re... We, we put... Yeah, we basically put her battery back in and she turns back on. Okay. Had and to get some fresh double A's yeah. in there. The first thing that she wants to do is um, rape Illidan with I feel like light. we shouldn't use that word. <laughs> I feel like that's a little I bit of a like harsh word, but it's actually word, but it's correct. Pretty accurate. Okay. It's kind of yeah, correct is the that's problem. That's the worst thing. It's pretty uh, accurate. Trigger warning, for it. Th- This was unconsensual. Yes. This, it Illidan. was not consensual. This is not what Illidan wanted, and he makes that very clear when he destroys her. <laughs> <laughs> he makes that very clear that that was not what he wanted, but he yes, blows her the fuck when, up. Believe me, we're not making fun of rape. Rape is a very bad thing, but um, rape is no, not a funny rape thing. Rape is a terrible unless thing. it's a clown. Um, which does bring us to how we're going to discuss the light and the void today. We're going to be talking about how they're used, how the light can be used for morally dubious tasks like Zera, and how the void can be utilized for good. And the thing is, you have to understand that the light and the void simply are. They are two forces that clash against each other. There is no overarching goodness or badness involved in it. Um, Just like, you know, a cancer cell hijacks the body's own immune system to run wild. It's the same deal. It, It simply is. There is no. There's no good or bad on it. There's no intent behind it. It, There's no intent behind it. Why is the void always considered like bad guys? Like we're always fighting the void. Okay, so part of it is because the the void is a destructive force by its very nature. All right. The void is entropy and chaos and destruction. Whereas the light is order and cohesion and uh that kind yeah. of stuff. The void itself is not bad, just like the light itself is not good. They are simply tools. They're there. They've always okay. been there. They simply <clears throat> exist. It is the intent of the user of that power, of that tool, that is what shapes it. Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, because mm-hmm. the void is chaos and entropy and uh, destabilization, it tends to invoke madness within its users. Whereas because the light... Because they see the truth of the universe. Whereas because the light is order, it intends to invoke, you know, 
order and stability within the user, which is why we see like things like paladins and priests. And that's why, you know, the void are, is, is people, is, is the void priests and, you know, what used to be shadow priests, I don't know, void priests and, uh, the twilight's hammer cult and things of that nature where they've gone mad with power essentially. Okay. And we see, they put Zara's battery back in and like, instead of getting a coffee and like yawning, she like immediately wants to infuse Illidan with this, you know, light and heal his scars and fulfill the prophecy that he's going to lead the army of light to kill the void or destroy the void. And he doesn't necessarily think this is a good thing. And this is where we look at the light being used as a, for a morally dubious task. Zero. But she thinks that she's doing the right thing. This is the thing we've talked about this before. I think we all had a discussion about this at one point. It's it's she is. She thinks the only way forward is to follow this prophecy that she's had. She thinks the only way to and win is through the light, nothing more. Just through the light and nothing else. She is, she's a purist. She's a zealot. Well, and she Tara is a purist because she's my the wife prime, She's the prime Naru. Yes, but Naru goes yes. through phases, light and void. Do we know if she was a no, void she phase? No, she was in a light phase. She was completely in a light phase, but she, she was, was just always, so... Well, Go on. She's so... Old. She's known nothing but the light. And because she is a creature of light, she inherently is at in opposition with the void. So she sees no reason to embrace anything that could even smell a void. Such as fail. Mm -hmm. So her whole deal is, oh, it has to be an army of light. They have to all be light. They have to be of the light. And she basically, like, straight up tries to shove the light deep inside of Illidan. <laughs> and Illidan's having none of it. And we've discussed this before. It's like Illidan has spent his entire life living up to others' expectations of himself or, you know, trying to fulfill other people's desires. Mm-hmm. And he's had enough of it. He does not want to be someone else's servant he is his own man he is he is a strong independent night elf who don't need no uh naru okay yeah he is um he he's just done he's done he wants to live his own life it's it's you know collectivism versus individualism does he do something does he sacrifice for the greater good or does he sacrifice for himself illidan has spent his entire life sacrificing for the greater good and he's he's done with it he's he's going to do He's going to be himself for once. Which and right. a lot of us yeah. are worried about. That he wasn't going to just be himself. That he was going to turn into this light-driven nutter. Because let's be honest, Elden's still nuts regardless. Um, oh yeah, crazier <laughs> than, uh, than squirrel shit. He's nuttier than squirrel shit. Um, but he didn't. He fought against it. He, no means no to Elden. Zara was. I hate all of these. We should, we should really, probably stop with the references. I, that, we should really I didn't probably mean stop that. With the I'm sorry. Um, Zara, Zara wouldn't listen, and that's what I mean about the light being used for something morally dubious. It's a it's a neutral force that can be used for something bad. Zara was forcing the light onto him. 
And Illidan didn't want that. He did not want to be a light-driven in being. He wanted to be himself and, you know, the fully actualized entity that he has become over the past, over the over his lifetime. Okay. Other examples of the light being used dubiously, you've got the Blood Elves and the Blood Knights, who... So the whole BC Moru... Yeah, who deal. literally drained a light-driven Naru... Um, to use its light essence for their paladins. You've got this... Draining it to the point that it goes into a void yep. phase. It forcibly becomes they a void. forced it into a void, void, void phase. Which isn't supposed mm-hmm. to happen for hundreds of years? Thousands, thousands tens, tens of thousands of, thousands. of years. Um, but, but I would look at that as actually being morally dubious versus what Zara did where she felt she was doing the right thing. But that's the thing, is that just because you feel like it's the right doesn't thing to do doesn't make it, you know, doesn't make it the right thing to do. It, it's still going to be a dubious situation. She was trying to take the free will and choice away from a sentient living being. Okay, well. And then you've enough. got people like the Scarlet Crusade who utilize, again, the light to push their agenda. Well, like for that, you have to be kind. You have it's kind of a thorny issue because you did have uh, uh, what was it, Balnazar, Malganis. You had Malganis running the Scarlet Crusade. Spoiler alert, guys! The Rise of the Lich King. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a, that's a pretty old spoiler alert right there. But spoiler alert: Malganis is in charge of the Scarlet Crusade. Um. But, you know, that's kind of that's kind of a thorny issue just because of how the Scarlet just because of that. But, you know, the Scarlet Crusade did exist before Malganus. Yes, he just kind of took over whipped them into a frenzy. And are there instances, you know, where we have the light being used for dubious, you know, morally dubious tasks? Could the void be somehow used for good? Yeah, we see plenty of examples of that, including one in seven, three again, spoilers Boilers, motherfuckers. Illyria Windrunner herself. She, Zera, uh, locked her away for utilizing void magic. Um, and with the third week being unlocked and the dungeon being unlocked, we actually see Illyria fully embracing that void part of her by draining the void energies from the Naru at the end of the dungeon and becoming a full void being. Very similar to an ethereal, just more, you know, solid. <laughs> solid. A little bit more there. A little there. bit more there, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but mm-hmm. that she's not going to be utilizing that vo- the the power of the void to wipe out the light or wipe out uh, Naru or Dranai. She's going to use that light, vo- that void yeah. energy, to take out the Legion specifically. She wants to utilize mm-hmm. that magic. We'll see for what good. happens. But another example, priests, shadow priests use the use void and discipline. and discipline. Yeah, shadow priests and discipline priests use void magic. Shadow priests more in depth in it, whereas void, whereas discipline priests have a balance between the light and the void that they're able to hold and and hone and become masters of both. Considering that Shadow Priests have a talent called Surrender to Madness, yes, I think the Shadow Priests are a little bit deeper into the Void side of things. Has Void always been synonymous with insanity? Yes, Yes, the Void, because it causes destabilization, chaos, disorganization, disorder. 
um okay it it inherently causes madness within mortals. inherently yeah i see um but yeah the, the priest order hall literally has a section dedicated to the void and a section dedicated to the light on opposite ends yeah which is pretty cool and then obviously you've got just the priests the decimal priests who are utilizing both of that Um, mm-hmm. why don't you talk about the ethereals then, so how how do they prevent what prevents them from going completely insane they're they're disciplined they're they're they they're they're trained you know the, they're these trained holy men and women of you know faith and the only thing that's saving them is their their personal discipline and the leadership of Alonso. which is Fowler. why i honestly think this discipline is the perfect spec in regards to fantasy and its name I don't mm-hmm. think there's another spec that is that perfect. <laughs> and what about Illyria? Don't you think she's going to turn insane? No, no, she's had a yeah. thousand years fighting, fighting the void and fighting the Legion. That she is, she. This is obviously something because okay, you get a lot of implications that she's been locked up for a while because Zera didn't uh, approve. Yeah. Uh, so this is obviously something that's not new to her. Like trying to control the void is not something that is new to her. It's something she's obviously done and succeeded at. Trying in the past. to control at this level, maybe not to the is level. The only thing that's new, not potentially to this level. So, but. so you're saying she experimented in, in college? Pretty much, yeah. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Now, now, hold up, two seconds. Who the fuck is Locust Walker? Oh, I have no idea, but I want to know all the things. Who the fuck is locust walker because this is an ethereal who is obviously very powerful stupid powerful he's obviously some sort of priest of void of some manner or some sort of prophet of the void he has no problem interacting with physical mortal beings Mm Which a lot of ethereals do. A lot of ethereals have issues interacting with solid yeah, beings. Yeah, because they see the solid beings as beneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that he teaches her how to harness the void and how to, you know, drain Anaru like, you know, a kid draining a wild cherry Capri To the sun. point where once she does it and is weak, he cares for her to make sure she's okay. Which is terrifying, by the mm-hmm. way, to see, to see an ethereal do mm-hmm. that. So, I want to know who the fuck Locust yeah. Walker is, like straight up. <laughs> you know, I, okay, that's Locust Walker is the guy that takes you no. through the quest line at the end. We know of, who uh, we know Macari. who he is. Yeah. We just don't know who he is. Well, Where'd no, we don't even from? know his name. He has many names. In fact, if you go speak to Vashreen, Thaumaturge yeah. Vashreen, the guy who gives you the relinquish tokens, after seven point three came out, he had another option talk option available because yeah. originally he had uh, a purchase option and a talk option he gained another one once you've completed the macri quest lines and he, you ask him so uh vashreen do you know a ethereal by the name locust walker and he goes i know of locust walker only in that he owes me something he has a debt to be paid which is something that Locust walker specifically mentions to you when you ask him about himself during the quest line mm-hmm. of macri he says that, you know, I don't tell, I don't give my name out because there are too many people that have debts, that have outstanding debts. That wish So we to don't actually know what his name is, because obviously his name isn't Locust Watcher. We have no clue who he is. 
Yep. Maybe he takes people's souls. That's my worry. No, my guess is that Locust Walker is probably an ethereal prince. Hmm. Or some sort of physical manifestation of the void itself. Oh. Interesting. And then he's going to turn into a bad guy and we have to kill him. No, I da- actually doubt Locust Walker is going to turn into a bad guy. I severely doubt that, actually. Hmm. I think he's going to be. He's, yeah, I think he's a Raytheon He's put figure. too much into Illyria to be a bad guy. I th- I'm pretty certain he's just a Raytheon type Yeah, I would figure, agree with like, that. Sort of morally dubious on the edges. Uh, the phrasing gets me. He puts too much into a layer. I fucking hate you. Uh, so, your next question. <laughs> um, so, the other thing that happens, um, something that we mentioned a few weeks ago was that the Army of the Light, they show up on Argus and they get shot down almost immediately. Um, or they crash land. I they can't get remember. shot down. <laughs> They get shot down. Um, the Army of the Light just... I don't really know about them, I guess. Um, I guess they were mentioned at some point in Cataclysm. You guys told me that. Um, but these were the people who were supposed to be, like, fighting against the Void, right? Fighting against the Legion, the Legion. not the Void. The Legion, okay. So The thing is, that's the funny thing, is that they're fighting against the Legion. The Legion is fighting against the Void... But the light's just fighting everybody because the light is stupid. The light is lawful stupid. Okay? Yeah, it is. <laughs> They're just fighting anyone who is a bad guy. They think okay. is a bad guy. Yes. All right. So who are the who is the army of the legion? Army of the light or the army of the light? Yeah. Who are they? the army of the light? Is primarily composed of a group of Draenei that was left behind, essentially. On Argus, after uh, Velen escaped and killed Jaden, and Archimonde became the servants of Sargeras. They are the rebellion that was left over. Okay, so they're like the rebels. Yeah. Essentially, yes. From Star Wars. <laughs> Essentially, yes, except that their home planet is occupied and they're waging a guerrilla yep. war against them. Okay. And um, then they magically create a spaceship and. No. The space. Okay, so all the spaceships that you see, the. Draenei using are Naru yeah, they're, ships. they're Naru ships. Okay. They are the All Naru right. ships. They do not have the technology to create these interdimensional warp vehicles. So at some point, Zera comes down with a spaceship and takes them away? Basically, yes. Zera gives them... Uh, Zera comes with the Xenadar, and they basically fight. So the problem is, is that, like we were talking about earlier, it's kind of sort of funny about the thousand year thing, the millennia war kind of deal, because we don't know how long Zera and the Zinadar and all this have been going yep. at this. Right. So this is this is around the same time when the um, exiled ones or uh, the they took the, the Exodar to. Yeah, they took the Draenei to. What are, Whatever what, planet um, they went to first. Azeroth? On the Jinnadar, because they yes. went to multiple planets. Okay. So there was a group of them that became the Draenei on Azeroth, and then there was a group of them that became the Army of the Light? There are three distinct groups of Dran- of Eridar that exist. There are the Fel Eridar, are the ones that followed uh, Archimond and killed Jaden and became servants of the Legion. There are okay. the Draenei themselves, who are the exiled ones. They are the ones that Velen leads. And then there's the group that stayed behind on Argus and is part of the Army of Light. Okay. 
and they all look distinctly different from each other. So if you'll notice that the the Army of the Light Draenei are infused with light, so everything about them is glowy and, you know, more elaborate. Their, their head crests on the males are more elaborate, and the horns on the females are more elaborate, and things like that. And there's more than just uh, the Draenei in the Army of the Light, right? They picked up some other people? Yes, they pick up uh, basically any any anything that is willing to fight for the army uh, to fight against the void uh, and the legion. Sorry, specifically the legion. Anything that's willing to just pick up the fight against the legion is brought yeah, so to ranks. Any planet that so, the legion has destroyed, any survivors would have joined the army of the light, possibly. And what we know pre one thousand year war. Um, audio book series that comes out because I'm assuming that there's some more that's revealed in that but um, we don't hear very much about the army of the light between cataclysm and legion correct pretty much yeah it's kind of just a sort of plot thread that they kind of touch on every it's now like and then passing into uh, legion. for a very long time yeah for it's kind of like long- hey there's mm-hmm. the army of the lights out there fighting the legion it's you know just yeah. out in the middle uh-huh. of nowhere pretty much yeah um, so it's not really specifically mentioned all that often. Um, it's just something they bring up every now and then to highlight the overall, you know, dangers of the universe kind of deal. Right. And we know that when the Army of the Light ship um, falls on Argus, Zero was in there, um, Torellian was in there, right? And uh, Illyria Windrunner? Uh, I think she was locked away uh, there yes. somewhere. At the very least, those three individuals were there. Okay, so how did Illyria and Talarian come to be on that ship and become Army of the Light people? We don't know. We literally okay. don't know. We just know that they disappeared at some point for they like They disappeared from years. Draenor 23 years ago when it became Outland because of Ner'zhul's machinations with the portals. After that, we know absolutely jack shit. We assume there's going to be more information that comes out via the Thousand Year War. We haven't, okay. we haven't listened to you, so until so, we hear that, we have no idea. When they disappeared, did we know they became members of Army of the Light? No. For a very long time, they were just simply missing. Like we said earlier, it was uh, implied that they may have been captured by the Legion on Zoroth, which is a planet uh, that the Legion For controls. the longest... But okay. we had no concrete For the longest time, one of the wild loading screen was Illyria and Torali and Windrunner have been missing for a long time. And then once Legion came out, it changed to missing for a long time until now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that it, makes more it, sense. It, it's been the great yep. mystery. It, it okay. is one of the greatest mysteries of of Warcraft lore and storyline yep. that they have been missing for twenty three years in game and over a decade in real time. All right, and Turalian is Illyria's husband. Is it's, that right? It's kind complicated. Of. They kind of are. They're they mates, might as well I guess, be, at this be the best point. way to put it. Okay. Um, and Turalian was a human, and and if he's been away for a thousand years, because it there's this whole like weird thing where they disappeared twenty three years ago, but they tell us that they've been fighting for a thousand years. They've been fighting for millennia. Yeah. Okay. But um, it, I thought I thought he can't live that long. He's human, right? Don't typically live that long in the Warcraft universe. It's like a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty. I think is kind of like the upper limits of the range. Maybe as much as one fifty. But uh, overall, humans don't live that long in the world of Azeroth. As far um, as we know, Chris, you were saying something yes, specific about that. Yes, as far as we know, Zera infused him with the light, 
um, and essentially made him immortal. Um, okay. Doing so, she also was. Turalyn is now able to wield um, Anduin Lothar's weapon Constructs. as a essentially a lightsaber now. It's a saber made of light. Yeah, used I used your face because it was so good. <laughs> yeah, so he's actually wielding the broken blade of uh, Lothar. Yep. That was that was his signature piece back in the days that he he carried the blade of Lothar. So he, if he wasn't infused by the light, he wouldn't be able to no, carry that weapon. No, it would just be a broken he sword. He can still carry the weapon, but it would just be half of a sword. Okay. He he has the he has this he has like eight inch he has like six inches of six inches. Uh, he's got like six inches of blade and the, and the hilt and the handguard and the crossguard. But if you look at him in game, he's got a whole sword. The rest of the sword is being is reconstructed out of light. Okay. Half sword, half lightsaber. I got you. Which is why I said it was kind of a lightsaber earlier. Maybe you listened that time. Yeah. Savage. Okay. So. So we don't. All right. So I'm going to have to listen to this 1000 years of war thing, because it sounds like maybe they were captured. Maybe they got broken out by the Drana or the army of the light. And then somehow they become the army of the lights leaders. Why? How do we know that they're the leaders of the army? They're of the generals. Light? They're not specifically leaders. Generals, they're so. generals of yeah, the army of the light. They basically lead the combat. Cons- consider it. Um, Sargeras is the leader of the burning legion, but Kiljaden and Archimonde are his generals. And Illyria, did she get um, light touched as well? She, not no that we know idea. of. We know that she has experimented. Yeah, with the we void know that before, she is now fully so. void touched, but we no idea about light touched. But we know that she experimented with the void previously yeah. because uh, during the intro quest, uh, Teralyon specifically mentions that she was locked yep. up. Zara locked her up for experimenting mm. with the void. So. Also, elves are incredibly long-lived, and you know if she's if she's been able to tap. Okay, so she's been able to tap the straight, pure, holy light from Zara herself, as opposed to channeling it from a secondary source such as the Sunwell or the fragment of the Sunwell rings that uh, high elves carried to maintain their magic addiction. Uh, that might have something to do with it, but we don't know. Possible. <clears throat> because supposedly they've been fighting the Legion for a thousand years and they can only be like five or six hundred years old. Uh, five, six hundred plus, give yeah. or take, really, yeah. It all depends okay. on the so connection she... to the Sunwell, really. On how long they can live. Yeah, their connection okay. to magic, because um, Anestrian Sunrider, Sunstrider is supposedly still alive. He just disappeared. He fucked yeah. off one day. He was the first king of uh, Silvermoon, of the Quelthalos Empire. Um, he led his people for hundreds of years and just was like, I'm done, deuces, bitches, and just fucked off. Nobody knows where he went. But we don't know if he's dead or alive. We have no way of knowing. Yeah, so Blood Elf, uh, and I mean, their lifespans are probably even shorter now that, you know, they were connected to the Fell for yep. a while. So we don't know. Okay. So do we think that the Army of the Light is completely dead now that their ship crash landed, or do you think that you know, we're going to pull together the small band of army of light forces that are left and use them to help us try to defeat the Legion. Well, yeah, I mean, we've already been doing that. Right. Uh, okay. 
it's also pretty obvious that you know we 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 win guys here's a spoiler for the end of 7.3 we win well you say that like (laughs) with we know what's gonna happen but but we know we no 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 no, chris doesn't want to go i wasn't gonna go into it i wasn't gonna go into it i was gonna say we don't know what's gonna people don't know what's gonna happen we you know I mean, we're at this point in the storyline, we're gearing up for the raid, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in the storyline at this point, we are we are we've taken back yeah. Argus and we're preparing to launch a siege upon Antorus, yeah. the burning throne, which is the raid. OK. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. I think this is filling in some more blanks. I really want to go listen to the 1000 year war thing to see how, you know, what happened when um, Illyria and Torellian disappeared and fought the you know legion forces with the army of the light Mm -hmm. yep yeah no this is definitely filling in some areas that i clicked through we noticed we noticed (laughs) okay well i think with a without a lot of the background of why these things are happening when when you read the quest text it doesn't make much sense to me yeah, Honestly. There's, there's, there's a lot of story to go through. There's 20 years of story to go through. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like if you jumped into season six of um, Game of Thrones, you would be like, you would understand the story, but you would be like, I don't really get, you know, the, the reference interactions between characters and the backstory. Yeah. Everyone said this was full of tits. Where are the tits? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, I think we should move on to don't do that this week, Chris. All right, Chris, don't, I don't do know, that. I've had a salt free week. Kevin, don't do that. Um, don't try to run to the convenience store during raid break. Oh, Jesus. Um, you won't get back in time and people will yell at you. All right. Um, and mine is uh don't schedule a dental appointment during the middle of a tropical storm thunderstorm season in Houston. Uh-huh. I had to drive to the dentist in the middle of a driving thunderstorm last week or this week. Uh-huh. That sucked. <laughs> and we yes, both we did. It's quite, it's quite I know. Uh, final thoughts on this week's show. Kevin. I like the fact that we are filling in some of the blanks with the story and we're actually, you know, it, it seems to me at least that at least with the end of this expansion in Legion, the story and the actual gameplay are kind of tying more closely together. And I hope that they do take this further. Cause like I wasn't even interested in lore throughout Legion until I got to these, this point at Argus um, where they are mentioning the lore itself. So I, I like where they're going with this. I want to see more of it and it's getting me more interested in the storylines. Good. Uh, the storyline in Legion is is significantly better than the storyline because there's actually one, a storyline. So I'm not surprised that you weren't. <laughs> I'm not surprised you weren't interested in the story. Yeah, because this one, day so. we have a storyline. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, final thoughts uh, on this uh, show? I love the amount of story that we're getting from Legion so far. I hope that they're able to continue this and we don't get another Warlords of Draenor where it's a half it's a decent story to start with and then completely half-assed the rest of the way through. Um, well, they already half-assed their bit in the middle they of did, Broken They did, Shore, and they're so aware that they half-assed it. So uh, hopefully at 8.0 they learn from that mistake 
because they have clearly completely learned from that mistake in regards to 7-3. Because 7-3 is night and day comparatively to uh, the Broken Shore. Um, so hopefully they're able to actually keep that kind of a pace up in future patches and future expansions. All right. Uh, my final thoughts are, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good show. It's good. It was all right. There's a it's lot a of shit more coming cohesive. out. I really, I need to go listen to this audio drama, despite the fact that I don't like listening I, to audio dramas. I want to go listen to it. I really liked the Broken Shore one. Yeah. We are definitely going to have to have a future show where we talk about that in detail. All and three of us need to sit play. down and do a date mm. night with the audio drama. Uh, I don't think I can listen I'll, to it. Chris, I'll listen to it with you. Sorry. I won't. I, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm very likely just not going to listen to the whole damn Fair thing. Enough. I'll listen to it. I'll You've listen to, listen that to guy. it. You listen to it and give me your head. Give me a heads it, up about it. Okay? I'll listen to it tonight. I'll play some Guild Wars and just listen to it. All right. I think that's going to be it for our show today, folks. So that is it for the show this week. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at AzerothCTC. Mr. Kevin over here is at SwingCat. That is cat with a K. Mr. Chris is at Akari underscore Mag. And I, of course, am at Gavril underscore ET. That it's two I's, one L. You can visit the show. You can email the show at AzerothCTC at gmail.com. You can visit our website. See, I got it there. I got it right there at www.azerothctc.com. Shoot us a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. We want to hear from you. We want to hear anything you have to say. Complaints, comments, questions, whatever. Tell us. And uh, so, uh, say the first thing that's on your mind, boys. Genitals tonight. You'll skirt them last with his genitals today. <laughs> what do you want from me? Bye.